Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Dawn Kachati, founder of Engage HR Now. She's actually been in the industry, the HR industry, for over 25 years, and I reached out initially to Sharon Anderson and asked her to make some recommendations around strong female presenters in the HR space, and Dawn was one of the first ones that came to mind for her, which is great. Now, I've done a little bit of research, and I found she's won loads of awards. She's been recognized by the employee Benefits News. She won a uh, an award they had called the Benefits Leadership Judges Choice Award. Uh, she shared her HR insights with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and numerous other trade associations. Now, in this session, um, I've asked her to share the process and the system that she uses for developing an HR strategy within an organization. So we're very lucky to have her, and perhaps by way of introduction, I'll get her to explain the problem that her system and process helps to solve and then let her drive it from there. So please help me welcome Dawn to the Business Systems Summit. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it's, a, it's a great honor to actually uh, be talking to business owners and business leaders about this process. It's something that I use with my clients continually, and it really helps to shape an HR plan and HR strategy for them. It's designed to get people to focus on the importance of HR and how it actually impacts business results. It's something that I have seen continually throughout my career and now as an HR business consultant and owner of helping uh, clients out there to shape their HR infrastructure. It's something that a lot of times organizations look at HR more from a tactical standpoint instead of realizing that it is strategic in nature and can help shape the business in a way that drives culture, that promotes engagement of your staff and then ultimately promotes and, and produces business results. And so that's what this system is really about today. We'll talk about that and take you through, hopefully, in a way that makes a lot of sense and makes it easier to understand how you should look at HR and implement it into your day-to-day processes. At what time would this system be most relevant for a business owner, do you think, as far as like size of the organization? So every organization, it doesn't matter your size. I mean, obviously, even if you have one employee, you're still going to have HR become an issue. So the minute you have one employee, HR is relevant. But I would say that any business owner that has 10 and above should be going through this process. And there's bits and pieces regardless that this will help any size organization, even organizations that are, you know, 100 to 1,000 to 15,000. It doesn't really matter. HR strategy is essential. Yeah, perfect. So let's, uh, let's get started. You'll, you have the, the sheets. Hopefully everybody's had a chance to either print those out or, or look at them. But it's broken down 
and and written from a standpoint of allowing people in, to understand the employee life cycle and the importance of that to a business strategy. So you see the employee life cycle that is up at the top of the checklist. And that really takes you through a full phase of, of an employee's life. And so, you know, it starts even before they're hired all the way to the very end. And hopefully if you were doing this right, it takes them through retirement and they never leave you, right? Step one is really about answering these questions. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's different um, steps and there's a yes and no for each of these. If, if you're going through and you're looking at it, and you answer a question and it and it's well i have parts of this or i don't you know i don't have any of it it's obviously a no if it's well we have we have this but we want to you know we don't really feel good about it or we don't think it's working then still put no because you you're going to have to reevaluate it it's only if you 100% have it and you know it's working and you like it then you would mark it as a yes And so that's really the starting point of going through to answer these questions and looking at them and answering them honestly, because obviously if you're doing an HR plan or an HR strategy, you have to be honest with yourself and and your team. And sometimes that's hard. Nobody wants to say that they don't have things. I mean, a lot of my companies are small to mid-sized companies and they don't have these systems and they don't think about them or they know that they should be having or they're having concerns and issues with their staff, with their, with retention, with getting results, all these things. Well, this is designed to help you break it down into categories that are going to be able to be prioritized and allow you then to implement them. So um, this is this is really why it's important, and you don't want to, you know, just be like, "Well, I have some of it, so I'm going to mark yes." So let's just be honest, and 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 it help us later to be able to get the priorities straight. Step two is designed around two areas that are not the employee life cycle. You'll note at the top of the um, list of the checklist it says strategy, and and the next uh, category is culture. Well. The reason why strategy is on there is because it's so important before you ever do an HR strategy or really any department strategy, you should have an organization strategy or strategic plan. And the reason why I say this is because when you're drafting and trying to really create your goals for HR or marketing or finance or communications, whatever the department is, we're there as support and our responsibility is to help make sure that we're whatever we're doing from our strategy is helping to support the accomplishments of the organization's strategy. And so if an organization doesn't have a strategic plan, doesn't have goals, that's really the starting point. You shouldn't even do an HR strategy if you don't have your plan. Now, I a lot of my companies don't have full-blown strategic plans and everything's drafted in great, you know, and it's all perfect. That That's that's okay. But it, you should, at a minimum, have your goals, know where you're headed, know what the direction of the organization is, because an HR plan can't help you get there if you don't know where you're headed. If you're just winging it, then then it, everything you do from this HR perspective and, and the plan you're trying to make is not helping you and it's hurting you more than it's helping you. 
It's important to really make sure, you know, hopefully um, I know that a lot of your people that are going to be joining, uh, you know, the, today and, and throughout this uh, are really going to get a lot of great information that's going to help shape a plan or a strategy for them. So this will hopefully then come into play afterwards. So yeah. that first step, obviously, it's almost like the self-assessment, ask the questions to find out where you are. Then we kind of move into step two to make sure that you've got your strategic component in place to at least know the direction that you're headed. So at this point, then you kind of know where you're going and you know what's missing. Right, right. So, I mean, you know about the organization's plan yep. because they're two separate. The overall organization should have, a, have its strategy. And so if everybody knows where it is, whether, you know, you're looking at mission, you're looking at vision, you're looking at your values, all of those things, you know, help to understand things from an HR strategy that we need in order to create our plan. But the overall direction of the company, if you have a board, they're going to want to have a strategic plan. Your, your stakeholders all want to have a strategic plan. Your leadership team should want to have a strategic plan or a set of goals that are guiding you on what you're trying to accomplish. Because if you don't have measurement, then, then you don't know whether you're succeeding or not. And if you don't have a plan of where you're headed, then your, your business is going off track. So an HR department is support for operations. And we're there to make sure that all of the pieces of, of our human capital, our employees, our staff, whatever you want to call them, and all the things that we're doing that are supporting that are accomplishing those organizations' goals or strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody. But I don't think it's smart to make an HR strategy until you have your organization strategy. So we're going to assume that everybody has their plan together, knows where their business is headed, and is driving forward on that. So now we're looking at it from a strategy for HR and we're saying, okay, great. You know, now we have our, you know, we have our organization strategy. We can advance to step three. For step three, it then talks about making sure that you understand what the organization's culture is. This is important too because every segment of an employee life cycle is impacted by culture. Um, a lot of what a department does, whether it is HR or not, should be considering culture because what you know your day-to-day events and your culture of your organization, well, we're impacting staff. And so your staff wants to make sure that, you know, they're happy and and they're engaged and and they're helping to produce your results. So what we're doing here on creating an HR plan is ensuring that we're matching the culture too. And we don't do it in a way that that adheres to something that we don't all agree on and, and doesn't negatively impact that culture. So the leadership should agree on that culture and be able to define it and and what we're doing and executing on our plans that we create here are are going to help support again advance that culture so that's something again that really starts at the leadership level and should be addressed at all times Um, and i'm assuming again that you know um, a lot of the leaders that are going to be listening today, it happens a lot with the organizations when I first start working with them. You know, I'll ask the, the business owner or the business leader, 
you know, what is your organization's culture? And it's not something that a lot of times um, business leaders think of, but they do need to. And, and it takes them a few moments to think about what it is that's important to them from a culture standpoint. And then we start addressing that because when we're determining what our compensation strategy is, what we're doing for performance, you know, how we're communicating, what we're doing for training, you know, how we're orienting people, how we're actually building our brand. All of these things actually are driven and hope as supporting through our, you know, what we're doing in HR and our culture. So we got to understand that too. And so I want you to make sure, and that's why it says step three, you know, make sure it's clearly defined and what you're trying to do because it's going to impact step four and step five and step six. And so make sure, you know, everybody on the leadership team agrees with you too, because there's nothing worse than one, if you got four or five leaders uh, in, in an organization and everybody agrees, but one or half of the group is, is going in one direction with the culture and the other half, that's when you start having silos and, problems. So the leadership team has to be, you know, very tight on, on their agreement of the culture. So now we start getting into step four, which um, is crafting that HR strategy. And, you know, people are going to really start looking at it because they've got all these no's, you know, on most of most of the time when I start working with my clients. And we've gone through that checklist. They're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have hardly any yeses. Don't worry about it. Even large organizations, you would be shocked. Everybody thinks because they have all the, all these people and you know a large HR staff. Uh, that's not the case. They're, you know, they have just as many issues. It's just on a grander scale, and they have more people. And they it brings different issues with it. So, don't get upset if you don't have everything you know marked a yes or half of them. You know, you can still create a plan and and do it in a timetable that will make sense. So. Now we're looking at it, we're going to start crafting this, but you know, that first part of it, it says there's no correct place to start. Every organization I work with, I start someplace different because priorities are different in organizations. You have different, you know, you have different um, concerns, you have different issues, you have uh, different organization strategy, different industries. So you need to look at what's going on in your organization that is potentially causing some, you know, major issues if there is, and, and there may not be. And that's, that's great because then you can start at the beginning phase of your employee life cycle. But if you have some major concerns that are causing people to leave, not wanting to stay, you know, you're constantly having potential employee relations issues, you know, you have legal issues, that's the place to start. You don't yeah. want to just, well, I got to start at the beginning of the employee life cycle because Dawn says, well, Dawn's saying not to start there if you have any of these major problems, okay? Let's let's make, you know, let's set the priorities according to your needs and, and what's going to do it. One of the things too, to consider sometimes you have what you call low hanging fruit, right? That it's just there and you know that it's going to help your staff you know that they're going to really be happy if you do certain things. Put those on your priority list up at the top because you want to start gaining a momentum and you want to get people on your side. And you know, eventually when, when this is drafted, you're going to share this 
with your staff and, and the leadership. Every, and, and in fact, all of the leadership is going to see this and agree to it. Okay. And this is not just a, a silo of HR creating it and nobody like, you know, has seen it. And it's this little thing that we, we hoard, you know, this should be shared and be transparent with everybody. So, but you want to win over people and you want to get them on your side to make this a lot easier to actually get results. The next step in, in four that I wrote, and I think it's important, is if there's an engagement survey that was done. Now, a lot of organizations don't do engagement surveys till they start to get around that mid-size, you know, mid-size to large, because a lot of times people think that engagement surveys are expensive. And they don't know, you know, or, oh, we only have 10 people. Listen, there's ways of doing engagement surveys that, and that don't cost you a ton of money and get you just as good as results. And so, you know, if you can do this, it's, it's something that I highly recommend because it gives you a measurement and it gives you a baseline to understand where you started. And if things are not, um, a lot of the times, you know, I get called into organizations to work with them because things aren't great or they don't have the infrastructure. And I've had to do complete changeovers of organizations that are not healthy. And you want to create a culture that's healthy. You want to have people, you know, be very passionate about being there that love what they do. They get up every morning and, and they are just driven to be there and, and help you produce your results, whatever that may be, um, whatever your vision is, whatever your mission is, your people should be engaged in that. But if you don't know what your staff is thinking, then you're never going to be able to go ahead and fix it because we all think we know what the staff is thinking, but we never do. And there's always reasons behind it that they're not always willing to share face-to-face. An engagement survey should be done confidentially so that it allows them the opportunity to share this information with you. And the more information you can get, the better it is for you in the starting point. And, and engagement surveys are a number of questions throughout different categories, whether it's on leadership and what they think about the leadership and what they think about the mission and the vision, how they think about communication within the organization, what they think about as far as compensation and benefits that are offered. And then there's always open-ended questions, what they think about training. There's a wealth of information in there that is great for not just HR, but the entire leadership team to get that data and then be able to shape a strategy or a plan or goals around it. So it feels like, yeah, the steps or the sub-bullets under this step all is about helping to prioritise the strategy to figure out, okay, what are we going to do first? So start with effectively the, the big fires that need to be put out, then also address any concerns that you know would be important or quick wins and then getting data from the team through some sort of engagement survey again to pull out what's important to them and then it's almost like the once you've done all that then final piece is okay and if you've got through all of that then we move back to walking through the employee life cycle starting from the start to the yep. to completion true engagement surveys a lot of times are in the categories of what your employee life cycle is so it's almost like falling into place you've you've written out and what you think some of these you know the, whether or not you have them right now you're get it's almost like getting verification from your staff that they feel the same way and sometimes you learn a lot more than what you think than a yes or no is ever going to give you there's detail in there 
they are sharing things, you know, about their day to day and the and the struggles that they're having. That you look at this and you're thinking, oh, this is a priority. Definitely, there's no doubt about it. It's priority. Then you get an engagement survey and you're like, well, uh, that's not what I thought. Like, they don't like it, but that's major. That's not the main priority in the issue that we're having here. So it is good to get it done and to be able to do that on at least an annual basis. I'm not one of the you know ones that, oh, do it twice a year. You can start having so many surveys that people just don't want to answer your surveys anymore. So, you know, annually is good and, and you don't need to, to go crazy with it. So that doesn't mean that I don't agree with communication and constantly talking to your staff. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying from a survey standpoint, annually is good. Now, hopefully you have all of this information that's going to help support you in your decision-making of your priorities. And, and the next step is, again, ensuring that the organization's strategic plan and the culture, again, like we've talked about, are taken into account as we're setting these priorities up. And one other step that you want to take is pulling your leadership into it and their taking into consideration their departments. Because again, HR is support and we deal with everybody in an organization, every level, every department. And so the strategies that we're creating are impacting other departments. But if we don't understand HR, if HR doesn't understand what marketing's goals are and their strategy or understand what operations strategy is or finance, then what we're doing is being creating our strategy in a vacuum. What we're doing here is really impacting each department's goals and then the overall strategy and the goals of the organization. So it filters down, you know, on top, you have your organization goals and strategy, you have your department goals and strategy, and then as your HR, you're impacting all of them. So you've got to understand it. And so a lot of times you'll, you hear that whole uh, debate of whether HR is seated, you know, has a seat at the table. Well, you know, I can tell you that if your organization is going to be great, HR has got to have a seat at the table. And I'm not just saying that because uh, I'm in HR. I started in operations. You know, my early career was in operations and, and I moved to HR. So believe me, I am telling you from the aspect of if you want to get to great, Get your people and your leadership to understand of how impactful HR is to their getting their results. And so you're a business leader as an HR person. And so you have to understand what they all need so you can help them get it. And, and it should be collaborative in nature. You should all be talking about it. And, and it should be something that all of the leaders agree on so that they're going to help you to do it. Because again, HR is not going to be able to accomplish all of this alone. You've got to have teams that are helping to support you. You know, your staff has to support you and then your department leaders do. So that's the other, the other step in this whole process. And then realizing too that in this step, this is about ensuring that you have a competitive advantage. And we keep talking about this is going to drive business results and, and it does. And, and, it's done in a manner that that competitive advantage will will be to the point that your the issues that you're 
currently having and what you're seeing, uh, you know, will will dissipate. They'll be going away because it's it's all of these systems pulling together to create this competitive advantage and and drive your brand and being able to look at how important it is to really have and shape the values that you have as an organization and and the vision that you have, people are going to be drawn to it. Your brand is going to really be one that starts at the beginning of your employee life cycle to uh, what you think is just, oh, post a job. No, mm-hmm. we're not just posting a job. Our strategy is to attract people and they've got to know what our values are. They've got to know what our mission is because we're trying to get them to come to us. And so while you're doing all of this stuff, that's part of your strategy at some point. And that's why it's so important um, that you understand all of these aspects that I'm going through. And it sounds like, well, there's a lot before I can even create my priorities. But some of this is just natural parts of your business. And But I, I want you to really think about the detail parts of it and make sure that it's all understood before you just say, oh, throw out a, a job posting. No, uh, oh, send a job offer. No, don't send a job offer because it's a job offer should be even written to in a way that, again, is, is building your competitive advantage, your brand, because you should have words in there that help support your values that, you know, are making sure that it's written, that it reflects the culture. So every single system that you have in HR goes back to driving your competitive advantage, shaping your culture, and relates back to producing results. Does that make sense? Hopefully, I mean, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, perfect. I'm it out there. Um, nope. As we start to prioritize them um, and the strategy, is this something like when you work with a client that it almost sounds like something that could fit on one bit of paper, like an A4 bit of paper with a list of what needs to be done in priority order? Yeah, I create a, a written priorities list starting off so that we can shape what makes the most sense, then we put it into goals because, you know, there's a lot going on. You know, we have the organization's strategy in front of us. We were doing that. We're talking about the the culture. We're going through this checklist. After that's all done, then I'm taking all of this, just like we're talking about here. And I'm having to really understand and see what's going on because you're not just looking at this data, you're looking at the data of the organization. And I've, I've had business leaders from all departments and we're all talking about all this stuff, you know, as their HR person, or if they have an HR leader and I'm there helping to teach them how to do this and supporting them, we've got all of this data and we've got all of this knowledge and we're talking about all of this and, and we're talking about what they have, what they don't have, where's the direction today of the company and over the next three years where they had it or five years. Some industries, it's just one year because things are moving so fast in that industry that if we did try to do more than one year, it already would be irrelevant and we'd have to redo it again anyway. So, you know, it just depends on your company and your industry and and what's going on as to where you're looking, but you still need to look ahead because what you're doing here is shaping moving forward and you want to make sure that you're you're driving in that direction. The next thing is as you're looking at these priorities, you're going to be jotting down things too. Again, which ones, as I said, are the low-hanging fruit, which ones are going to be long-term initiatives that are going to take time 
where can you get teams to help you accomplish some of this stuff? So, you know, you're looking at where can I get buy-in? Where can I get consensus? Where can I go after some key people within the organization, even staff it doesn't, that are going to help make sure that these initiatives that are going to be the top priorities that we're going to be working on are going to get me results. That's all of step four, and all of that has to be looked at and, and figured out before you move on to step five, because now you've figured out what your priorities are and what you're going to be working on. We want to make sure that we're not doing all of it, though, because you might have, like a lot of my clients, and some of my clients are all no, because they got no infrastructure at all. They've never had an HR person. They, you know, so again, don't feel bad about that. At least you're thinking about it and you know it's important and you know it's going to get your results. To ignore it is not going to help the problem. So you want to do it, again, look at your timelines. What is it that's going to make the most sense that you can honestly do? Because you're going to be sharing this with your team, both leadership and staff, because you want them to know about it. If you put unrealistic timelines on it, it just frustrates people. Um, so where it says communicate, 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 oh, and then communicate some more. I literally mean that you should be talking about this all the time when you do your engagement surveys and it's the one area, it can be very frustrating because you think you're doing such a great job of communicating to your staff. You have HR department meetings, you have organization, you know, all staff meetings, you have one-on-ones, you have performance reviews. You know what? It is the one area all the time in 99% of the organizations out there that the staff always thinks you never communicate enough. And so, I, you know, don't feel bad. You're joining great company um, on all size organizations. It's just you can never do it enough. And you should be teaching your, your business leaders at all levels, not just up at the top, but your supervisor levels, how to communicate. You should be walking out of that, that office or that production facility or that service industry, whatever it is, you should have no voice at the end of that day because you should be talking to your people all the time. The minute they walk in that door, you should be going ahead and, and not just greeting them, but preparing them for the day, understanding what it is, and then walking them through it. And you should be talking about what they're doing in the day-to-day that is going to accomplish your strategy. And it should be continually discussed in your meetings. It should be discussed you know, in their one-on-ones and how they're impacting it. Because again, these initiatives, as they're actually you know, being produced, a lot of them are being produced by your staff too um, and things that they end up doing. And so you want to make sure that they understand their role in it, how they're impacting it, and then driving that home on the continual communication pieces. And so once you've communicated and over-communicated, then you get to step six. Um, and, and it's really about making sure you're reviewing the plan, um, making adjustments and updates. Just because you've written it and you've finally got it done and you've communicated, don't go, okay, we're done. You know, that. That's not how it works, you know. You know that in every business, and I work with a number of different industries. I mean, I've, it doesn't matter. I have production facilities that are 
crafting beer. And then I have ones that are insurance companies and lawyers and, you know, hospitals. It doesn't matter. Things are constantly changing in all of these industries. And so if you're making any changes in your organization, you have to go back and reevaluate your HR strategy and see if it still makes sense. And you might have to make some tweaks here and there. When you make those tweaks, make these changes, be out in front of it and tell the staff, this is, we're making some changes to make sure the leadership knows, they understand it, they agree, and then get, let the staff know that you've made changes and, and rewrite it and put it out there. But you know, if timelines are changing, then you change those timelines too. But you want to be ahead of these things and watch what's going on in the industry, especially in areas like development when you know you have specific areas there that you get to because that's the biggest one i left that piece out of here because it's so big and you really do have to um, have some understanding about you know um, your competencies of your current staff and where the competencies are that you need so there's a lot to move forward to get your accomplishment there's a lot going on there and so if you don't have a lot of hr experience or anything and this is probably that one area i would say get some outside help because mm -hmm. there's so much going on there in development and you want to do it right because my companies don't they don't have a lot of extra dollars to be throwing around and i and i see that happen all the time with companies they're oh just let's do training but then they're they're wasted dollars because there's no plan to it so you want to be careful about having saying that you're you're always offering great training, but it could be wasted training. It could be wasted development. And so it should be, again, matching back to your organization strategy and, and getting you the results that you need. I don't like to see companies of any size waste money. You should do it in a manner that really you can sit there and say it, it has a, a relevant purpose and, and it's helping your staff to do their jobs and it's producing results. And so once that's done, you take a breath and you celebrate your wins. You really have to remember, it's all part of your culture on how you're celebrating, but hopefully you're celebrating in a way that really, you know, not just allows people to feel great about their successes and the organization's success, because when you do this and you do it right, you will be getting better results. It's going to improve your productivity. It's going to improve your retention. So you won't have as much turnover. You're going to be having better engagement numbers that you've looked at. It's going to drive your, if you have sales departments, you'll see a difference in your sales and customer service pieces, your win back rates, all of these things that most people are thinking, oh, well, our operations is running great. Well, Again, you're supporting these things and these initiatives are ensuring that their people are, are getting what they need. So, so the results that you're seeing can be, you know, when you start peeling back the onion and stuff, you're, you're looking at, wow, my engagement scores, again, are matching the increase in revenue, are matching the levels of percentages that are going up based on all of our productivity, all of our top and bottom line results. There should be an increase and, and I've seen, and every one of the organizations that have done this, as, as our engagement scores and our pieces are going up, everything else within the business results are going up. So these are things that you really want to take advantage of. And that's why I say these things are so important to you. And you don't want to just create a, a plan 
when it can be getting you a lot more money for your your company. But again, it's yes, we all want to make money as a business, but you're not going to get it if your people aren't happy and if you're not, you know, producing and and doing and and doing your compensation right or you're not doing your plan right from a standpoint of of development or you know you're not celebrating those wins so that they match your values um, it's all a continuous flow which is why that life cycle is a circle yeah yeah um I think, I mean, we all know that uh, business is a team sport and you've got to get everybody involved and um, yet HR oftentimes is one of those areas that seems to take a back seat, but mm-hmm. really investing in on the people, that, that's going to get you the biggest return. So it makes perfect sense. Just want to thank you so much for going through each of those steps. Like I think what this session is, is just something you could almost give to the HR person in your organisation or when you're starting to get a HR person or looking to get a consultant or even um, working with yourself or your team. It's just a great way to kind of identify those holes and then create that strategy. So thank you very much for your time, Dawn. And if people wanted to find out a little bit more about you and some of the services you offer, where's the best place for them to go? So the website is www.engagehrnow.com and they'll be able to find some additional information on there and they'll be able to contact me through that. Perfect. Well, we'll have all your details as well beneath. So thanks again, Dawn. Thanks. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.